Hello team and welcome back to the Simply Fit Podcast. Today I bring you some incredible news. I have been working on a secret project for the past three or four months now and I now can tell you that the brand new follow along workout channel is live and here. On this YouTube channel you're going to find workouts for fat loss, muscle building, improving your cardio health, flexibility, everything is going to be on there. You're going to find body weight workouts, dumbbell workouts, kettlebell and resistance bands workouts all that you can follow along with and the best part is that it's completely free they're also around 10 to 20 minutes long meaning if you're short of time you can quickly complete an effective workout or you can combine like two or three of them together and complete like a full 45 to 60 minute workout new workouts will go live on the channel every tuesday and thursday and they're going to be accompanied by an amazing backdrop which i'm sure you're all going to enjoy so if you want to find the channel just search elliot hasoon into youtube and you'll find it very easily and please subscribe it makes me very, very happy and it helps the channel grow. And feel free to tell your friends, your family, your pets, whoever you want to share this with and let's work out together. Welcome to the Simply Fit Podcast. I'm your host, Elliot Hassoun. In this podcast, I'll be looking at three key questions related to fitness, nutrition, and mindset. I will break these down into information that is easy to understand and actionable so that you can apply it to your life today. This podcast will give you all you need to improve your health and well-being once and for all. So sit back, listen, and most importantly, take action. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Simply Fit Podcast. So I am very excited about today's episode because we have our very first female guest on the show, which is quite an honor. And we're definitely going to have so many more females on the show in the future as well. I'm not sure how we just did three back-to-back nails, but we just definitely need to improve the ratio as time goes on. And today I have Anna Moon with me, who was definitely my sister in a past life. We tend to have a lot of similar (laughs) habits, especially around food and mentality and everything like that. But Anna is a wonderful, wonderful online coach. She leads her tribe, which is the Train With Anna team. Um, She's also got a pretty extraordinary story in terms of her own journey in both fitness and building a social media account and everything along those lines. So I'm looking forward to picking her brains today. So I want to introduce you all to Anna Moon, aka Moondog. How are you doing this morning, Anna? <laughs> Moondog, yeah, I'm really good. Thank you. I hope you are too. I am all good. Thank you for being here. We're looking forward to getting into this, especially as the know, first female. Nah. That? My day. <laughs> that's it you're gonna set the standard i love it so let's dive in so the first thing i like to do with people is get to know them a little bit better i like to call it their superhero origin story so i like to know who anna moon is what brought you from where you got started you know prior to even being in the health and fitness world to where you find yourself today yeah so anna moon is 27 uh, from kent uh, <laughs> <laughs> online um coach just like elliot as well what is my story Passionate about fitness to the max. So I've pretty much delved in every type of training, um, every type of exercise. And it's running, CrossFit, weight training, lifting, literally absolutely everything, boxing. <laughs> you name it, <laughs> I've, I've done it. it. Um, and I, I got into a fitness world probably, I can't really remember a date, but maybe about five years ago, mm-hmm. five, six years ago, when I actually like hated salad, hated healthy foods, didn't like any sort of ah. exercise. An ex actually got me to do a, he pushed me into a 5k run and it literally just spurred on like this crazy addiction to exercise. Like all of a sudden I started eating salads and I started feeding myself well, got a coach and just 
yeah, I got transformed. Like, my body changed so much. And, oh, yeah, I got personal trainer in the gym. And it just spoiled out of control. Like, I ended up doing my PT qualification whilst working as a um, tax advisor. Oh, boring. Um, <laughs> got, my, got my qualification and just started training people out of my garage at home. So, it just, yeah, it spoiled out of control. And I just, I loved it. And then that's how I got into um, Able and Fit, obviously, the big old whopping page that we'll talk about um mm-hmm. and then, yeah that like that is my story uh, now i'm just living the online dream Amazing. I always love hearing what people were doing prior to getting into this. Like I was speaking to yeah, like <laughs> my coach last week and he was like, he was, he potentially applied to be a postman. I was like, no way. So yeah, what? yeah, exactly. He was, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was a team leader at a, um, a, a tax firm. So just doing like self-employed tax returns, etc. So I had like a team of, it's about seven. Mm. And it, it was quite a driven job. Um, I think that's where I get my drive from now because obviously I'm just I'm quite ambitious or very ambitious. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was good actually. And I, it wasn't, it was a good five years that I was there. Like for me, like sitting at a desk and having someone tell me when I can take my holiday was just not the vibe anymore. So <laughs> I hear you on that one. And out of interest, like what made you catch that bug? Like there's a lot of people who start, they'll get pushed to do a 5K and they'll be like, I'm never doing a 5K again in my life. So what made you like actually think, oh, this is, this is for me? remember me but it was just I think it was the self uh, like the self-achievement like mm. oh like I was doing it I was thinking oh my god I'm going to die like I cannot breathe I've got so far to go why are all these old people overtaking me and then I got to the end and I got my little trophy and they gave me Jaffa cake and I was like <laughs> oh my god I was like that, that actually feels really good and then I, I think I just got addicted to that feeling of like accomplishment yeah I mean albeit I didn't run after that for a while but <laughs> I, I was then like oh maybe I'll a personal training session and then I got addicted to that because the like the empowerment as a woman to like lifts and I love start, that like yeah like it was just great I just got addicted to it massively that's amazing were you uh sporty as a child did you like anything like that or yeah water skiing snowboarding roller skating again you name it golf tennis everything amazing constantly. so it was like always uh, within you it just needed to come out in a different way yeah i, I spent my teenage years stuffing in mcdonald's and uh, <laughs> kfc like i didn't I, there was no part of health of my nutrition or anything like that i think everyone's teenage years get a bit wonky anyway don't they mm. and you sort of find your path as you get into your, your 20s i almost think it's a good thing when you've had that experience of like not being that interested in exercise eating kfc and mcdonald's because of a lot of people come to us from that place right and i think yeah. if they come to us and they, they almost have this idea that we're like this ideal human being who eats you know perfect <laughs> foods all the time whereas like no actually not too long ago i was in the exact same position as you were right and it you don't forget yeah. about those times either like i don't i was speaking to someone the other day i was like i used to go to mcdonald's every morning and get their milkshake before i would start work like i would i was and there was one of those ones that like yeah the milkshake machine isn't even on i was like i'll wait don't worry <laughs> like, <Yeah. so. laughs> people think that you as a coach that you just wake up with these mad um habits and you wake up you're born with a six-pack like it's just it's not like that at all like for sure I, I, like, nobody's not everyone's naturally like that and these are just habits that you build i think like the habits that we have as coaches is because we've actually spent the, the five years that no one has investing in own knowledge Mm -hmm. and actually being coached learning being overweight losing weight gaining weight again (laughs) exactly it's been like up and down up and down but that's how we get where we are isn't it like precisely scones for breakfast like yeah 100 percent. i used to be so uh 
what's the word annoyed by the fact that I wasn't like genetically blessed. Like I was like a skinny fat kid and I, it used to frustrate me. But now I think that was actually a blessing because I don't think I would have been as good of a coach, nor would I be nearly as empathetic to the people who find themselves in a position that I did. If I was like, you know, you know, there was always that kid who had like, who was super skinny, but he had abs and, oh, you know, yeah, there's girls, I know girls like it now. I'm like, she's been blessed with a 14 job. <laughs> big moves, tiny little waist. And then she goes out and gets pissed every weekend. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm chewing on cucumber, wishing that I had that body. Like, <laughs> 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 you, yeah. And it, it, I think, like you said, it makes you more humble to say that actually, like the last five to six years of why I'm where I am today, because I've worked hard for it. 100%. Like, I love the fact that I can turn around and be like, yeah, this was a byproduct of like, determination and grit over like these past yeah five to ten years that i've actually just been putting the work and i think there's something about that no that's super interesting i'd love to just touch on because i know that everyone will want to hear about a moon fit was that it was a moon fit on your uh yeah 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 definitely so that was i can't remember i'm sure it's 242,000 followers on there but on instagram yeah yeah that was the literally when i worked at this tax advisory before i even become a personal trainer where I started to get in shape, like, I had friends asking, they were like, Jesus, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, just weight training. Mm. And then people sort of asked, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll start a fitness page. Because about five or six years ago, like, it wasn't as much of a trend to have an Instagram as it is now. Like, and it was yeah. it was easier, like, I'll be honest, it was easier to grow a page back then. So I just started posting, um, like, my self-filmed videos in Valentine's. Like, they were terrible. But people just loved it. And I think because... All of a sudden, I, I had, I did actually have, I was ripped because I was tiny. So, um, yeah. I'd lost a lot of weight then went into the weight training. And people just started following me and it just, like, it just grew. Like, I think it took about a year to get up to about 60K. But I was only about, I was only about 21. So I was like, oh, wow. this is unbelievable. And everyone, I was Ashford famous in the place that I lived. Like, everyone was like, oh, you're Instagram. Uh, and then, um, obviously, when you're 21, you're like, yeah, this is sick. Mm-hmm. And then as I got older, it just... It kept going. I just kept building on it. It gave me so much opportunity, which is great. But after about 150K, it took a turn for a worst. And it went from sort of like 70% female to like 80% male. And I, it was just the algorithm. Like it just got, excuse my language, it got fucked. Um, I don't know how. I think it was hashtagging, I'm sure. Um, and it just also took a turn for the worst on my mental health, like massively. And I, I think it, it but I'm, I'm sort of glad it did because it made me realise like, Numbers don't make you happy. Like mm-hmm. no no number can build a business or give you internal happiness at all. Like yeah, and actually, like the perception of you look at those people and you're like, you think that they've got it all, but they have the total opposite. Like most of them, there obviously are some out there that live a bloody dream, but there's some that a lot that don't. No, completely agree. And it must have been quite a weird experience, especially being 21. Like, I remember, like, to be honest, when I was that age, I also had a YouTube channel and Instagram as well. And I would have, yeah, I don't know how I would have handled that level of followers at that time of my life. Like, it just would have been probably too overwhelming, to be completely honest. So my question to you is, what would you do differently if you started again? Would you start it again if you could go back in time? Um, I essentially have on Train Your Vanna, but what yeah. I, I think the problem is when you're, when you're in your low, like your low twenties, like no offense to anyone, you don't really know. Like you don't, I don't think you've. I hadn't molded that mindset of like 
actually what happiness is and what things are actually important in life. And 100%. I think that, again, I was addicted to the number. I mm. thought the more followers I have, the more money I make, the more successful I'll be, like anyone would. Like, you mm-hmm. wouldn't be human if you didn't think those things that, like, in your early 20s. But essentially, with Train Your Banner, I've started again, but I've built a community of what I want. So rather than... I was ending up doing things on Amoon Fit that were just, like, trends and just doing things because they got likes. Like, which any influencer, I'd say most of them, like 95% of them do do because yeah. they want that number because they think that it gives them worth, but unfortunately it doesn't. So, yeah, I've done that with Trainer Banner. So I've built a community of 95% women get in. Um, and I, I just, yeah, I, <laughs> it's lovely. Um, and I just build that and create that community of women that that's what I wanted and yeah I've done it amazing with 4,000 followers I'm happy with that I'm gonna go through two things on that one the first is when we started when we first met and I followed your pages I was way more interested in training with Anna than I was Amy Fit I was just like meh Amy Fit I was like there's there's so many people doing the same thing but when it was a training with Anna it was like you and your personality you actually doing the coaching stuff I was like oh yeah this is this is quite cool and I mean the 5% of people who follow you who's male on there (laughs) very cautious of that by the way you're a male, you follow me, and I don't know you, and you're not going to benefit my coaching business so I, I removed them I, I was going to say it must have like scarred you from the A-moon obviously getting up to 85% yeah. males to be honest it was horrible honestly like, and there's, I, there's no stage where you get to men like at all like I have most of my friends actually men and I get along with guys actually really well mm. um, it's just that sometimes like these are a lot of men that like Again, not discriminatory at all. They weren't from a country that I was from in that I didn't even speak their language. They were abusing me with graphic pictures, as you can imagine. And it was just, like, there was only so long that I could cope with it. And then you had, obviously, your trolls that would slate everything that I did. And it was just, I was like, it wasn't even so much that I was letting them in, but I was like, why am I doing this? Because... Mm -hmm. I was just sort of copying other influences because I thought that was the way forward. And then I realised, I was like, what am I good at? coaching right okay well right and then and then it was just the mental capacity of letting go of the number yeah um, and people even message like people message my boyfriend now and they're like oh can i buy a page i'm like no like it's gone like That's it's deleted crazy. like stop trying to focus on a number and realize that you're you you will be wealthy with help like with happiness. I think it yeah. takes so much character for the fact that you actually decided to delete that. I can't imagine many people in your position would have had the balls to actually say, "Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do it anymore." Like that's, you know, you almost feel like you built that identity, you built up, you know, it was it was a business, right? Like you're able to monetize it as well. So the fact that you were able yeah. to do that is shows a lot of growth and evolution. So. What, how long did it get you to a place where you were just like, click it off? And did you feel emotional about letting it go or were you just like, I'm, I'm glad yeah, to get rid of it? I was, it, took, it took about six to seven months of working out to it. Like my good friend, Ben Mark, the photographer, mm. um, he was actually, he, he helped me so much and he really started to recognise, he was like, Anna, he's like, you're not, he's like, your coaching's really starting to get where you want it to be. He was like, you're, the women are really sort of, like almost like buying into that trust of me as a coach uh, and I was building a reputation there. He's like, please just try and push training banner as much as you can. He's like, try and get any genuine followers from that big page to that page because yeah. that's the type of woman that you want. Because on that big page, like, I can't disregard it. I had, I had loads of women that actually were so so nice and kind to me. But, yeah, it took about six to seven months. It, yeah, it was tough. I was I was mentally in a bit of a shit place when I did delete it. And mm. I think it was just a stepping stone to getting back to where I wanted to be for sure. But, yeah, it was, it was hard because you... My problem was that everyone expects you to 
just have it all with that number. So yeah. I wanted to show people that I could do it without that. And I have. So I'm like, yeah, take that. <laughs> Power to you. I love that. And <laughs> one interesting thing I find as well is that I was nowhere near on the level of you were with Instagram. But if you actually scroll down far enough, like three or four years ago, because I think I've been on Instagram for like five or six years, I used to get like, 250 likes per post, 300. And like, I barely get 50 these days. But the difference is, is I tried to run an online business back then. I didn't work with it. I had one or two clients, right? And yeah. now I built, I built an entire business. Like a lot of it comes through Instagram or referrals for the most part. And I barely get any likes, right? And so yeah. it really doesn't yeah, equate to anything in that sense. Okay. And it was so easy for me to detach from thinking that the numbers meant everything because of, I would speak to people on calls and they'd be like, Hey, I really love your Instagram content. And I was like, well, you've never liked any of my posts, but watch. Yeah. yeah, but they're just watching <laughs> yeah, them and they're there. No, and that's the problem with it. That's why I need to get away from it. Because I was like, oh, my phone's only got two and a half thousand likes. Two and a half thousand. But you don't see that. Like when you, it's like anything. Like if you were to earn a million pound in six months, you'd be, you'd be like, oh, I don't earn a lot of money. Like it would just, it's like anything you adapt and adjust yeah. to it, don't you? Like I literally with that page have about six online clients, like paying yeah. like minimal cost. And like now we have a team of like nearly 70 between me and Victoria and we don't like on the same issue, I don't worry about the engagement on my post. Like it has taken me time to get used to that. Like mm. it is it's definitely like it's probably sometimes that I'm like, oh, is there something wrong? And then I'm like, no, Anna. It's fine. Like you're you're happy. Like you get to look after an incredible team of women now without the worry of being good enough for people that you don't even know, like or 100%. care about. Do you know what I mean? Like so yeah, it's Detaching yourself from the number is like the biggest bit of joy that you can give yourself. <laughs> 100%. And I, I couldn't agree more. And I think it's a beautiful place to be. And I think you've just got to show up authentically. And then that's that's what with, with myself as well. Like sometimes I have a bit of an out there personality in the sense that I'm quite conservative by nature and quite laid back, but I can be very like, I'm going to say something that I mean straight to your face. And sometimes I hold that back on Instagram, but then I'm like, you know, the right people are going to be like, like my content. You can't serve everyone. So you've just got to show up as yourself and whoever likes you, likes you and who doesn't, doesn't. And that's life, right? Yeah. Sometimes that is the the controversial thing is that about social media, you either get criticized for sharing too much or criticized for doing this. And actually just got to say, like, put your middle finger up to the world and say, do you know what? This is me. Like I am sometimes a little bit abrupt with women in that, like, stop shitting yourself. You're not going to lose weight if you eat shit every week. I like but this. But if they don't like it, they can go and find someone who's going to be really soft on them and not get them to lose weight. Or they can come to us and we'll actually get them results. Exactly. <laughs> like, no, I love that. And I want to get onto the topic. But before we do, we just I need to ask you this question because of it's something I was actually thinking of when I was thinking of questions for you when I was in the, in the shower this morning. And I was thinking... <laughs> At, like, this is what That's I love. Thinking, isn't it? Exactly. It's the only time where you're disconnected from your phone, and you can actually have space to think. But what I actually love about your messaging specifically and why it resonates with me, and that's why I say we have similarities, is you're no nonsense with your approach. And it is fair to say, and I'm, again, I don't want to be biased to any gender, but males are like this as well. But some females are quite fluffy around their feedback and around, you know, certain ways in which they coach. Fluffy, but you, I love that 
but you are so like yeah. to the point like there's no excuses here you are the tr- like the reason why you aren't getting the results you're getting so where yeah. does that approach come from comparatively to opting for the fluffier approach let's say oh it took time for sure i think and, and like everybody when you when you do first start as a coach you probably are softer you want everyone to be your mate you think that everyone needs lots of kisses and hearts after their messages and all that <laughs> shit but actually like I, I do i have a i have a borderline that i've i've learned like i i do get along well with most of my clients i have made good friends out of a client base and i know some people say detach yourself from that but i'm actually just human so i can't detach myself from really nice people like Mm -hmm. these are fantastic women um and you work with them every week so they trust you as a friend as well but like it comes to a point where it's like there's no point in someone paying but i think there's no point in someone paying me for me not to be honest like they you have to go down to the, the straight line they are paying you their hard-earned money to lose body fat or gain muscle mm-hmm. or change a lifestyle so if someone is like i, I actually look at my clients my fitness pal logs and like if me and victoria see someone that's smashing in mcdonald's three times a week i'm gonna say mate sort your, sort your shit out like mm-hmm. you can't expect like if you're not going to change your lifestyle habits nothing's going to change so it does have to be that borderline, but it definitely took time. Yeah. And maybe not everybody loves it, but then they don't have to work with me. So <laughs> you just have to, like, at the end of the day, like, there's something for everyone. You're not going to be right for everyone, are you? But I would rather be honest with women. And do you know what? When I give them honest feedback, actually, they're like, you know what? Actually, yeah, I have been a bit slack this couple of weeks. Here we go. And I love that. Yeah. yeah, you don't yeah. see it a lot, and again, I again, I don't want to press on the female thing, but I think we all have a people pleasing nature to us, and the fact that you've been able to turn around and just be like very straight oh, to yeah. the point, like I respect that massively, and like you said, like you, the, and I think it always you've got to remember, like your sole purpose as a coach, especially us who who have coaching business, are very authentic and we're very true to what we want to achieve with our clients. Yeah. We're coming from the best possible place, so anytime I'm calling out my clients or telling them that something they don't want to hear about. I'm not getting any benefit from that other than I want to help you to get to your goal, right? Yeah, so- and it's not comfortable for you as a coach. I don't want to I don't want to ask someone if they're being honest if they're tracking. Like I don't mm. want to call them a, a liar or accuse them of anything, and that's not the case. Like we have to just think of the best we're we're looking at the scenario and thinking of every possibility. Our job's almost like a being a police investigator, isn't it, really? Because you're looking at someone's life and you're trying to investigate what is not working for them and yeah yeah being honest with them is the best way because that they'll only they'll only learn from that and like i didn't get in shape by ellis like now by ellis texting me saying it's all right mate just eat an easter egg every week you'll be all right <laughs> like i got it from him saying right get your shit together you've had a difficult week like let's move the honesty is the best policy isn't it and it's it's not joyful for us to say those things but it's part of the job. <laughs> Necessary. No, I love that. That's amazing. And that brings us on to today's topics. As you know, we go through a training question, nutrition question, and a mindset question. And we all know that you are the MyFitnessPal tracking queen. <laughs> so I think it's appropriate that we go through this. So I'm a very big fan of tracking. I know that you are too. So do you yeah. think tracking your food is absolutely essential during a dieting phase? Do you think it's essential during a muscle building phase? And do you feel like there's any time where we wouldn't need to track? If I'm honest, and probably not everyone agrees, I would say yes, um, in Mm. that I think it's absolutely essential with a a fat loss phase. The reason being is like, you can follow a meal plan, and any bodybuilders listening to this will probably punch me in the head, but that's, that's that's their thing. And I think the problem is with social media, so many women entail themselves with that network, 
The network of bodybuilding is a totally different ballgame to your day-to-day woman. Yeah. So your day-to-day woman goes on Instagram, sees this incredibly uh, like successful woman in, in what she's achieved, walking on show in bikini, and then sees them eating the same meals every day, and they're like, oh, that's all I need. It's not really because you can't do that because that, that small minority of people that do that have a different mindset mm-hmm. to eat anyone on earth. So the, your day-to-day woman, like I, I think women forget is that you can educate yourself by tracking. So you can understand what food you're putting in your body. All the women that say, I just don't eat a lot, you do because that's why you gain weight. You can put it in my fitness bar and actually realise how much food you are eating, probably how much carbs and how little protein you're eating. And it, it just gives a, like for me, it gives the education on actually how to lose weight as well because it's all well and good losing weight and doing your reverse diet, maintaining it. Some point in your life, you're probably going to gain a couple of pounds back. Mm-hmm. Probably, we all do. So for me, teaching my clients how to track gives them the education that they don't need to have a coach again. They just, if they need to get lose a few pounds, they know how. So yeah, I would say definitely in a fat loss phase. Um, in a surplus as well, again, depending on how hard you push it, it's not always easy to know that you're eating enough, yep. especially for women. So, yeah, I do. But when I take guys into a surplus, I often say, like, untracked day to give them the mental freedom. Yeah. And I think the, the times that there shouldn't be any tracking is when you finish your goal. Like, you have to enjoy your life. I don't track all the time. Like, through the summer, once I've reached my goal, I definitely won't be tracking my food. But, yeah. No, that totally makes sense. And do you think that, because I think, I mean, one thing that for me is that when we take our clients for a reverse diet, one part of it thereafter is actually teaching them how to intuitively eat. And I think yeah. that's a big part. So in terms of when they go off tracking, what would you do to get someone to a point? Because you can't just stop tracking and be okay. Well, like you, you can have good habits is, in place, but yeah. This is the biggest problem, isn't it, in the, the modern days that, that when I take clients on, I say to them, you can't leave training van and coaching until you've done a reverse diet because it's all well and good being like, oh yeah, well, I've done really well, I'm finished now. And it's like, well, okay, cool, good, right? Well, what are you going to do after? And then the silence, because it's like, you don't actually understand that the reason we're doing this is because you won't maintain your weight loss. Mm-hmm. You physically just won't. So I take uh, women, I say that we need to give at least sort of like four, five weeks to slowly take the calories back up. And, and as I do that, I ask them actually, it's such a good tool to use. So go through your day, write down the weight of the foods and the foods you've had on a bit of paper, but don't track them. And then at the end of the day, pop them in my fitness pal and see where it comes out. Ah. And I think it's a really good way to, like you said, I can't say that word intuitively. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a really good way to do that. Um, and then slowly over the weeks, as the calories get higher, I sort of take one or two days away from tracking and just get the client used to it's trust, isn't it? It's putting trust in yourself to not go crazy sure so yeah i I just sort of teach them that self-trust and how to eat without going crazy absolutely i think what's worth noting as well i might have mentioned this before in the podcast is that when you're deep in the depths of a diet like there's a lot of things going on mentally hormonally physically so you're not actually in that much of a sound place to be intuitively eating because of so many other different things going on that are impacting you you know like if you put me in front of cake now i'm gonna be fine but if i put you in front of cake now being on what 1400 calories a day i was sniffing a coffee and walnut cake in Tesco earlier like (laughs) there is no there's no way that you can just intuitively eat in a deficit no i personally just don't i've never met anybody that's like oh i really struggle because i can't stop losing weight i never have that message and i've never (laughs) unless you have sort of health issues there may be but 
you're 99% of women don't have a problem with continuously losing weight. And that means that we don't naturally eat that little. <laughs> no, exactly. And I think the thing is as well, is that most people get a lot more lax with their tracking as time goes on. Right. You know, yeah. like in the oh, initial yeah. stages, it's like weighing everything to the gram. And then you ask them a question about their oils, their sources, that odd bite that they had. And then, you know, I think people forget that that can add easily like 80 to 100 calories to your day. Well, yeah, like, and a, tea, like a tablespoon of oil is nearly 100 calories. And like if you've got someone else making your dinner and they whack it in, it sounds silly. But if you're doing that all over the week, then, yeah, it can it can make it a little bit more difficult for you. So I think it's it's. It's just about constantly like checking in with people, making sure that they are picking up that consistency. But at the end of the day, the onus is on them, depending on how much they want it. Um, True. Like you laughed at me because I tracked a party ring and <laughs> I'll, track, I'll, I'll track a quarter of a party ring because I want to get to my result as quickly as possible. I don't want to keep farting around. Like I just want it to be done sort of thing. So dieting is not the funnest thing in the world, is it? Like you want me sniffing cake. <laughs> <laughs> No, and it's so true. And this is why I'm trying a big proponent of people trying to use those tools so they can get to their goals faster. Because like we said, we, I mean, I don't know where you stand on this, but we don't want to make a fat loss phase sustainable. We want to get it as effective as possible to get to the end goal. So then we can go to sustainability because the rest of your life should be sustainable once you hit that goal. Right. It's like, you know, right now we don't want We don't want to have you on 1400 calories for the rest of your life. We want you like stay there as long as we need to. And then yeah. get you to a place where you're on, you know, 1,900, 2,000, and you're actually living the dream. Yeah, this is it. Like, I think a lot of women are sort of like, oh, I've got my life to live and all this. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And I agree with that. But your life to live is not eating two takeaways a week, like right Good now. Point. Like, yeah. If you just commit this short period, then you can enjoy. It's that delayed gratification, isn't it, that I think people struggle with is that people often think of the now they don't think of like the future me would appreciate this. Like they're just impulsive eating is thinking of short term pleasure uh-huh. and not delayed gratification. They just want that hit of dopamine now from eating a big donut. And then after they're like, oh shit, <laughs> <laughs> rather than eating a quarter of it every day for the next four days and actually not feeling like crap. It is so true. I think the more I learn about life, the more it comes down to delaying gratification as much as you can. Yeah, and one, and the thing is, once you get to a point where you love delayed gratification so much, it, you almost get that short-term hit of like, oh yeah, just delayed it a bit further. And you actually get some short-term <laughs> gratification yeah, for it, right? For me, there was no other way over Easter than to have an Easter egg over five or six days. Like, I'm still having 20 grams a day and I'm really enjoying it. Like I, I don't see that need to eat the whole thing at once. Like, and if you do, it's not the end of the world, but... It, again, it's like um, I saw a fantastic post actually about uh, just some bodybuilders that I follow, and he was actually wrapping up the, the bodybuilders and that delayed gratification about how their results will really, really show now in the next four weeks because they, they managed to stick to their guns. But nice. the, the everyday woman doesn't need to be that extreme. You can still enjoy a bit of it every day and get the result that you want. Like, I lost weight over Easter, and I was like, yes. Yeah, and it's such <laughs> a good feeling, yes. right? Like, when you can say, I can actually go through Christmas, I can go through Easter, I can go on a holiday and not actually come back, like, three kilos heavier, right? It's yeah. really empowering to know yeah, that. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you, like, there's, there's skills that I've learned now over the last five years. Like, I had two weeks of tracking just recently. Um, and I've, like, I personally have been on 1,400 calories with no exercise, and I maintain my weight, and I was like, that just gives me such reassurance that... I have now built that knowledge because I've invested time and effort into learning how to do that. And you don't get that within 8, 12, 16, 20 weeks. You get that with actually committing yourself after that diet to still doing it. Like you can't just 
diet and then go back to your old ways because it won't work. So, yeah, yeah that's something that I massively try and ingrain in all my clients and teach them. Like, this has got to be a lifestyle change for you. Agreed. I think one of my favorite parts of tracking is like the education they get around what's what foods has what, right? I think yeah. that's the most eye-opening thing for some people. And it's a tool for life as well, right? Like, you're always going to have to eat. So it's always worth knowing what's in your food, right? So, yeah, you know, if we're, if we're coaching these guys for the long term and we want them to, again, be self-sufficient at some point, then it's it, they almost have to know, right? Otherwise, they're just going to end up back at square one again, right? Yeah, and I think a lot of women are like, oh, I need a meal plan. It's like, no, you don't need a meal plan. Like, you're not going to stick to that. What you need is to actually learn a bit of structure mm. and actually find something that fits into your crazy life with your five kids, your full-time job, etc. That will actually fit a lot better into that rather than you trying to eat, like, bloody vegetables all day. So... Yeah, it's, I think what people think they need is totally different to what they actually need. <laughs> 100%. And just quick fire before we go on to the next question. Common tracking mistakes that you see. Give me like three to five. Not weighing the food massively. Not checking the macros. So, so many people log in at um, whatever log is and they don't check that it's like 60 calories and it's got no macros against it or they don't match up. So maybe it's like the food is like... Um, 200 calories the macros are massively high and obviously it's going to throw things off so that's just actually a lack of effort put, in, put into it I think in that mm. you're just sort of like typing in anything and, and chucking it in and then I think probably people not putting the entries in correctly is, is a big one like someone putting like four ounces of chicken do you measure in ounces <laughs> or are you just guessing so making sure that you're actually logging things like you're scanning the packet of the item you're using and if you're changing the brand you need to rescan the packet putting it in the scale on the scales weighing it and making sure that you're actually logging it as it is like i don't really know many people that actually weigh probably in ounces so no. <laughs> like just making sure that you're actually doing it properly because you're only you're only taking that opportunity away from yourself when you lack on that and like when women just like my biggest bugbear is people adding their food in on the day um yeah. so huge thing for training van are they know I'm looking. They planned it in advance because a busy working mum, she's got five days in there already. Life sorted. Exactly, exactly. And at the end of the day, either you'll you've if you're tracking as you go, you've either overeaten, you know, like, ah. Or you get to the end of the day and you've got like 20 grams of carbs, one gram of protein and two fat. And you're like, what am I supposed to do with this? Right. And just like, oh, it's uh, the opposite. It's never carbs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Shit, I'm over my carbs by 70. Is that right? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Let's uh, transition. But that barcode scanner is, is temperamental as well. Like I've scanned milk before and it's come up as cheese. And like, yeah, you know. I, know I did one the other day and it was, I can't remember what it was. It was like mint, it can't be pan and chocolate. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like exactly. <laughs> have to double check those things um, yeah with uh like yeah roast dinners which i've saw you post before takeaways they're, they're ones to so, yeah but you're better if you're having a takeaway or a meal that you can't track you're probably better off over guesstimating and mm-hmm. just leaving a calorie map like if you're going to your mum's for a roast you're going to be using loads of oil and goose fat in that roast so like if i go to my mum's for a roast i just text her say for like fry like potatoes please and then I know that I've saved myself about 300 calories on her greasy old potatoes. Mm-hmm. And I'll just take my pot of Bisto. And whether people think that's unsociable, unreasonable, it's your life. So who gives a shit about what someone else is bothered about, how how you're eating? Like, 
going out for dinner, you haven't got to have chips just because you're worried about what other people think. It's your body. So, Preach. Yeah, I think that you should just do those things for sure. I love that. Again, too extreme. I've taken my own light mayonnaise to Nando's before, but that was a few years ago. Probably wouldn't do that again anytime soon. <laughs> just go for ketchup. So much less calories. Today. Right, let's dive into the next question. Actually, you touched on the fact that you're not training at the moment. So yes. actually, the question that I, I wanted to go through, which we haven't actually spoke about on this podcast before, is like, how do you, man- and you've obviously got a knee injury, which you can go into in a little bit more detail, but how do you, have you managed training or the lack of training with managing an injury and how are you looking to make your way back and have your comeback? Yeah, so I think that this is the first time actually for me that I've had, I mean, I've had small injuries before for a couple of weeks, but this one has obviously taken me out for two months as I started my diet phase and I finished my surplus. So it was massively inconvenient because I just spent like five months building like ultimate glutes and then all of a sudden I can't train them at all. So it always was a bit pointless doing the surplus. <laughs> but like it's, it's very easy, especially for like people that are inexperienced in like the training and nutrition world and that they haven't really sort of delved into this that much before. So many women think that their progress is reliant on those training sessions. So mm-hmm. you see so many people doing like crazy amounts of like online hit training and absolutely smashing it out stressing their bodies out and they think that that's the way to get the progress like you know that people come to you like oh, i'll train five times a week but I don't get results and it's just actually about looking at it and saying right well for me like you can't do anything about that like you have to look at that injury was it your fault probably like for me uh, the patella injury 